Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music on the air and in your ear. And once again, I'm Mo, and I got with me uh, Mr. Mr. Brett Podcast. He's the king of the casters. Aren't you there, Brett? That's right. Gosh darn it. And uh, and, and I'm truly excited today because uh, we have a gentleman on who does some really wonderful music. Uh, Mirrors on the Moon frontman, Donnie Dykowski. Donnie, how are you? Thanks for having me, Brett and Mo. Uh, I'm well. I'm breathing, which is, uh, you know, I guess that's a good day. Yeah, uh, any any <laughs> day above ground, as they say, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Step one. Step one. Breathe it. Step one. Now, you have a new EP coming out, uh, Whiskey and Wine. And I got to say, I love Whiskey and Wine. Like, it's fantastic. So so thank you for bringing that into my life. Oh, you're welcome. You're you're referring to like the libations or the the song, the, the actual song. In in this oh. case, the song. I, I I like whiskey and wine as well, but uh, but the song is what I'm talking about. Never quite mix them together. <laughs> yeah. In a concoction, but uh, yeah, thanks for taking a listen to the to the song. I I appreciate it. Or the EP itself. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, between that and I love Don't Panic as well. I mean, some some great stuff on there. Really good stuff. Don't Panic would be actually my favorite song you guys have done. I love that song. Your voice oh. is so unique. There's a, such a unique tone to it. That's um, very, you know, I mean, just, I don't know. It just it relaxes me and energizes me at the same time. I don't know how it does it. Oh, you should tell my wife this because, <laughs> you know. I think if anything, it might be a little grating to her ears, but uh, no, I appreciate it. I, uh, you know, I just music in general, I'm chasing truth. You know, if I can get that onto tape, then that's, I think what probably resonates most. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, this, this collection of songs for uh, don't panic. And um, uh, so this is a, a pretty new band and um, I've been, making music all my life and my day job is uh to you know I, I do a bit of music supervision some composition music for film for tv commercials um so uh, i i've never and i kind of think it's all holistically connected i started gigging when i was like 15 and and somewhere between uh somewhere along the lines i fell into commercial production of music and then I started, um, well, I was a touring artist and then I fell into a commercial music house in, in New York and I was writing for other artists and I never stopped making records. And I think it kind of keeps me fresh for my day job, but it's just part of my DNA where I just, you know, you, you're, I think once you're a songwriter and once you're an artist, it's, it's not something you can really shake. Um, although you can find other disciplines that maybe exercise those demons one way or the other but um uh, again like i said earlier i think i'm just chasing truth and and wherever i can find it and and i'm thrilled that i've got these musicians for this project um uh to to help me tell these stories and um yeah so don't panic and get lost were the first two singles and this ep whiskey and wine features three new tunes and uh, I, I feel like everything's kind of up in the air and as far as like how to release music these days, whether it's singles or albums or EPs. So 
um, I think you know uh, Dana, um, you know, who's handling the publicity on this. Uh, she's like, why don't you do an EP? I think people would be more apt to hear more than just one song at a clip. And so that's where we are now. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's 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 wonderful music. So I think that it, that it should be easily grasped by people. So hopefully they get a chance to listen to it. But tell us now how Mirrors on the Moon came came about, like the band, but then tell us about the EP and 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 the songwriting production and that kind of thing. Um okay, so well, I guess I have to spill a little tea if I'm gonna, you know, tell you everything. So um I've played with Freddie, my bass player for Mirrors on the Moon for many years the first time i met him he was playing in um in a, a tribute band and i was and i saw him with his fender jazz bass and an ampeg svt and i'm like oh my god this is the closest thing to john paul jones i've ever seen i need to work with this guy because john paul jones is like my guy um so we were in a band called chester white for many well for a handful of years maybe three three years and that band, you know, we played some nice theaters. We did the Warp Tour. We it opened doors for me to 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 work in, I guess, production music, which uh, I thought was great because you're where everyone's chasing. You know, you're you're trying to find an audience at bars and clubs, but if you can do music that's synchronized to picture, then you have a captive audience regardless, and that's a greater way to try to. Uh, it's a, a faster track to try to find, you know, your audience because it's it's right there. You know, it's in a film like you kind of the, the tastemakers are kind of helping you find the music rather than just, you know, reading it through trades or stumbling it upon it or word of mouth, which is all good and still very valid. It's just a lot harder today when when everybody's competing for your attention, especially with all the media and your handheld devices and whatnot. So. Uh, long story short, I met Freddie uh, as he was uh, a gigging musician, and I kind of stole him away from a band, and we've been working together one way or the other. Um, and uh, I guess the – so we eventually were in this band uh, that I had. My previous band was called Blue Ox, and it was a psych rock band, uh, not entirely unlike what I'm doing now, which is like a mix of uh, – uh, I guess classic rock, psychedelia, alt country, and 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 things like that. But I was producing that music and I was writing it, and I had a co a partner. But uh, you know, in this business, people have demons, and sometimes it's hard to to you know, uh, you know, work through those in partnerships. So I felt it was time for me to kind of move on to a healthier situation. And luckily, Freddie and John, who's the drummer, they came with me. And John is the closest thing I've heard to John Bonham ever. He plays with Lady Gaga. He plays with um, Get the Let Out and all sorts of like touring Zeppelin tributes because that's his thing. And I'm, like I said before, John Paul Jones, John Bonham. I mean, clearly I'm chasing a dragon that I, <laughs> I can never really wrangle, but I'm getting as close as I can. Um. <clears throat> and then uh, John recommended that we bring in his friend Dave Archer, who plays with Uni and the Urchins, which is uh, they're on Sean Lennon's label and they tour a lot with Claypool Lennon Delirium. And uh, hold on. 
excuse me. Um, and that's where I first saw John was opening for Claypool, Lennon, Delirium, and actually playing with them for, uh, they did a rendition of Court of the Crimson King, which is a song that we actually cover sometimes, uh, which is super fun. We've got some, we've got some really ambitious covers in our set, which I think is fun also, because it kind of lets an audience know, hey, we get you. Um, we do Shine On You Crazy Diamond, like note for note, which is like, for me, a bucket list tune. And uh, of course, there's a handful of Zeppelin songs that we can pull from. But, um, you know, I try to lean into what I can control. And what I can control right now is making records. And um, so I'm thrilled that these guys are finally on tape. And to round out the band, I've got this like, like virtuoso um, singer, um, Emily McMahon. And she, uh, yeah, she's just great because she's, it doesn't take much for her to find harmonies and, and she's, she's great live. She's got like such great pitch. It just makes my job easier when, you know, you're trying to translate these records to the stage. But uh, yeah, that's the outfit for right now. But the, the process is basically I'm in my production studio crafting these tunes. And then I, I, I bring like a demo to everybody and then, I bring them in studio to elevate what's, you know, what I've recorded. So things are basically mapped out, but I always leave room for the best ideas to come through because I mean, I think uh, that's just part of the process. Like best idea wins, like no ego to it. Are there ever any songs of yours that kind of you bring to them and then, and then once it, where you think like, Oh, okay, this is pretty good. And then, and then once it goes through them, you re, you're like, Hmm, maybe this isn't going to work. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yes. In fact, we were supposed to play this festival last week that got rained out two weeks in a row. And it's been, you know, now it's on ice for, I guess the foreseeable future. Excuse me for a second. I don't know uh, why I keep coughing. It's uh, it's uh, get yourself a glass of water. Or something? I, I I have so many beverages here. <laughs> I don't want to ruin your show by coughing my way through it, but such is life. Uh, yeah. So I, for some reason, in my DNA, like certain things are at a, a particular tempo that I want to create at. I'm very much, uh, I'd say, like like Neil Young. Like, there's a Neil Young tempo in me that just it's it's something kind of brooding and moody and 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 uh, uh, so yeah, I'm always bringing things at a certain tempo, and they're and they're like, you know, I think we need something a little faster. So yeah, a couple of weeks ago during rehearsals, I brought some new tunes, uh, two of which were basically in the same wheelhouse as this dark, moody tempo, which. I think could be fine if approached in a particular way, but uh, uh, I'm also picking my battles, like what's realistic for the stage show and the set. And um, I'm kind of, um, yeah, I mean, I think people, if people are paying to see you play, I don't think they just want to hear some emotional, you know, train wreck on stage. They want to, they want to have a good time. So that's, that's, I guess that should be, the first and foremost thing that, that we try to focus on is giving people that. And I hope we could do that with the records. A little escapism is a good thing. Yeah, that would be quite. You're, you're, you're pursuing truth. 
That's so, right. I mean, you gotta you gotta stay true to your truth while trying to you know entertain these people. So I mean, that's a, that's a balance that I, I imagine it's not necessarily always easy. Yeah, well, I say in these songs, no matter what they are, like during, especially during a live set, is um, leaving room to improvise uh, with the band, which is also like something that I think is in my DNA. Um, I loved when uh, I love when bands kind of get off the grid and they they take things to an unsafe place where you have to communicate with everybody to kind of find your way back to the one or the center of the song or you know you, not unlike you know the grateful dead or even you know uh, live zeppelin but i think the dead are really a great example where it becomes just this you know archaic like soundscape of like how the hell are they going to get out of it but somehow they do and you either love it or you hate it, but I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the shit show and I'm a fan of when it works and when it doesn't, because that's real. You know, we're all a bit of a shit show at times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I picture 5% picture... of the time for me. <laughs> yeah. I picture those like early live doors recordings as well, where, where like Jim has wandered off and then the band yeah. has to just keep performing and then, and then he'll come back and it'll be like, okay, now we can get on with the song. Yeah. That's great. I remember the first time I played CBGBs, my guitar player's string broke and he was stringing it for about 10 minutes and we were, we were a trio Nobody wants to hear just bass and drums for, you know, at a punk club for 10 minutes, <laughs> just like filling air, you know, uh, that was a nightmare. But yeah, I mean, that was real. And if I were seeing that now, I'd probably relish that moment of, of a band just kind of, you know, building, uh, was it flying the plane as they're building the plane as they're flying it rather. Yeah. Well, and and that's it. I think that um, see, because there's we I know we've talked to a lot of people who really like the perfectionist angle, but but I think that's the great thing about live music and that fans are so much more, you know, you know, apt to be okay with it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, especially from the camp where I come from, and I think that kind of sets me apart when I'm helping to make music for, like, say, a film or. Um, or even working with an artist. I mean, sure, you want to get the best out of them, their performance, but, um, and there's a lot of different ways in which you might define what the best is. It could be the best tone, or it could be, you know, there's certain imperfections that you don't want to clean up. And when I first got into the, to, um, you know, scoring a picture, every one of my early mentors was like having me squeeze the life out of these performances. They were like, no, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be quantized. It needs, you know, get this guitar noise out. Like the, 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 the scratching of the fingers as you move up and down the fretboard, get rid of that, you know, gate that sound. And I'm like, but as you know, I started doing it more and more. I'm like that you're just, you're, you're taking the life out of everything. This isn't the music that, you know, that that speaks to any of the i mean you, i think you have to one you have to think who is the audience and then you 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 kind of you know maybe reverse engineer what you're doing back to that um that's not so much so the case with with mirrors on the moon i mean this is music where i'm i'm kind of you know i i'm it's um 
I guess the sum of all my influences, you know, coming out, you know, in the songwriting. I'm not, I'm not trying to write for any one particular like audience. This is, you know, but I am, I'm not cleaning things up to the point where they lose their soul. Um, I'm just trying to get the best performances, and then of course sonically trying to capture the best tone for for everybody um, on the records. How do you hope, uh, do you start with? Oh, sorry, do you, do you start with like a lyric, or do you start with the, the music, or where do you where do you kind of begin when you're crafting a song? Or is there, maybe there's no way. Maybe every song is unique. Uh, most songs for this project kind of happen with uh i've got like a like a uh a, my practice guitar is a les paul that i just keep right like in my living room and i just i hold it all the time i've ever since i started playing i've i've always had a guitar in my hands and bless the women that have been in my life that have, it hasn't bothered because it's fucking annoying if i were sitting next to somebody <laughs> doodling on a guitar all the time just the same riffs the same licks but uh, and I keep like a little voice memo thing just handy, my phone, uh, and and always like a Google Drive doc for lyrics. And uh, and you know, I think there's a a certain meditation to keeping your monkey mind busy with the external stimulation, like a TV or um, ambient sounds from the street or whatnot, and and just being able to um, be open to whatever ideas are coming your way, and and for the most part, these songs, uh, for example, Don't Panic was um, written real quick. My my wife and I both had COVID. We were both quarantining in rooms. And um, I was like binge watching Money Heist, which is, uh, you know, in Spanish. And mm -hmm. I'm like reading the subtitles, whatever, my guitar in my hand. But just it, ha it came so quick, like the changes were there the lyrics just the melody kind of happened the lyrics every, like within 15 minutes the whole thing was basically formed and and it's like one of those things where I, I if I overthought it I probably would have like stumped myself and uh but yeah the the that song happened pretty quickly same with whiskey and wine that that happened pretty quickly too like the whole structure of the song verse chorus happened super fast same thing the bridge on the other hand and then the solo section uh, that was that was a, a whole other can of worms because i brought this to my previous band and i wanted their influence and i wanted those sections to be like rooms for improvisation um but too many cooks just kind of for me this song got out of control and the first time i recorded it it was about seven minutes long um so i had to trim the fat and get back to really what it was when it was written but uh so i guess there's something there too is like you know maybe the 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 oftentimes the the first um you know your first idea might be the right one or your first instinct how how important is this uh the concept of self-editing when you're creating music um well, that's a good question because I used to edit myself because I thought that there might be, I might offend somebody. And not that I think anything I'm writing 
for Mirrors on the Moon is offensive in any way. But if you listen to any of the Chester White stuff, which was like my previous band that was kind of glam, T-Rex, Queen, Bowie-ish, um, and I, I still think that stuff holds up. The, it's Chester White, one word, by the way. Uh, and I think we do the most killer version of Moon Age Daydream. It's, for me, it's still like fantastic because it was um, inspired by the Bowie at the Beeb sessions as far as the rhythm section goes. So it's really ballsy. Um, but there's lyrics where I talk about like, you know, kids giving blowjobs to priests and just weird shit like getting strung out on heroin and doing blow and and just different songs of course but like they fit the context of the story not like i'm 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 trying to make a political statement at all it was just like uh, uh like i said it was very bowie inspired and at the time i was very much into the william burroughs cut up method of writing lyrics too where you would just like cut up headlines and anything and mix and mash them and like like just kind of toss them around and then put them together in some like ad hoc way. And they make some strange sense, which is a snapshot snapshot of the culture in which we live in. So in that you're getting blowjobs and you're getting Coke and heroin and you're getting all this stuff, which is juicy. But then you're like, you know, you take that macro view and you're like, Oh fuck, I'm probably offending somebody or my mom doesn't want me singing about, you know, <laughs> this, but I did it anyway for that and and sure that band opened some doors for me but i i i wouldn't um purposefully try to write uh i mean like it sometimes it, you know the thread dictates where you know uh the how the dress will be made in in for uh and uh yeah like i i i write with other people often enough and and if they're appealing to the lowest common denominator in a lyric or a song i'll probably push back and i'll i'll be like you know we can do better than this um because like i said i'm trying to find some truth and that william burroughs cut up method is fantastic for that because it forces you to to really just steep yourself in the culture in which we're in but if you're um and also I'd say you, you, one must try to live an interesting life, keep an open mind because you can only really write about what you know. And if all you know is just, um, you know, sports, then your songs might have a specific bent that might not appeal to, you know, any true rock and roll believers out there uh, that don't want to hear about how the Jets almost won that game last night. <laughs> Although I might, I might want to hear about it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting off track or, or what's going on, but, uh, um, yeah. That's hopefully, totally fine. Hopefully I mean, that answered the question. I, mean, I just, the Jets blew a good game from Zach Wilson and that's not going to happen often. <laughs> I mean, <I> still <laughs> I know I, I was so, I was so pleased with his performance. Uh, otherwise, I like I I was not expecting him to get more than like a field goal in that game. Yeah. <laughs> so so then you know totally off topic. As a Jets fan, like how do you feel about Zach Wilson? Like period. Oh, today much better than than yesterday. Same time. <laughs> uh, I think he can do it. 
I think that having Aaron Rodgers back in the stadium, like just lifted everybody's morale and helped him like not overthink himself in the pocket. And I, uh, I mean, I clearly, I think everyone saw his potential yesterday to best he's ever played, even though we, you know, didn't win. And I'm, I'm, I'm calling, I'm talking from New York as a New York fan. So, but uh, it's being a, a longtime Jets fan, I'm just used to the pain. So I, nothing. I, as soon as Aaron Rodgers tore his ACL in that first set of downs where he had the ball, I it was just like, okay, yeah, it's just another Jets season. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Aren't aren't they the longest team or the longest team without uh, hitting the uh, um, super or the or the uh, super playing in the Super Bowl now or like something like that? <laughs> like, the, I think, yeah, like it's. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah, it seems like they're. Uh, I need yeah, to Google this because I think the. Fans. I think the Browns might. Um, mm. Oh yeah, the Browns. Yeah, and maybe the Lions. I guess probably. But, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. There's a few teams out there that just never seem to. And it's tough for the fans. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That when you when you're producing yourself, um, like especially your vocals, like how many takes do you do you like to get? Because I mean, I know we we've talked to a lot of musicians, to a lot of musicians about like getting that, just the right energy, but also the right emotional impact. Is that something mm-hmm. that you're like really like focused on as well for yourself? Um, as long as it's an honest performance, I'm cool with it. It, I mean, I I, I want it to be in tune. But mm, I, yeah, uh, uh, everything that's that's mirrors on the moon related that's been released so far has not been like many takes, um, and even like the background vocals, it's just like I, I'll just pull up a mic and I'll 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 hit those harmonies and I'll move on and then I'll have uh, if Emily's available I'll have her come through or send me stems remotely or whatnot because she's uh, a bit of a producer herself. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I try not to overthink it. And if I'm not, if I'm not catching a vibe, then, then I'll just, you know, I'll step away and I'll maybe come back to it when I'm in a better headspace. Um, Marigolds was probably the one song that I tackled way too many times. Um, because I kept trying like self-editing. I was trying to, um, this was a song that I brought to my previous band. Uh, it was written during COVID. It was written during all the, you know, the BLM protests were going on in the context of all that guitar in hand, just, you know, everyone is, you know, emotionally just on the edge of their seat. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't know uh, if this next wave of COVID is going to, you know, really make you sick. You don't really know how far or how much you should trust the government, all that shit. And I'm, you know, and as I'm writing this, I, it, this song was written quickly and um, it's a bit proggy. It's a bit like there's a lot of borrowed chords and it's the melody that kind of ties everything together. And then I brought it to the band and they're like, what if you do this? What if you do that? What if you do this? What if you do that? And I'm like, okay, let me try it. And I kept trying that to the point where it just lost all soul. So I had to go back to square one and, um, you know, 
and this is you know after the band basically like I go back to square one but you know in the course of trying to be like a good team player i want i want to explore the best ideas and and i i'm always uh looking for mentors in my life it's something that i've always wanted to do is find people that are gonna you know that maybe have tread that path before me that i could you know, glean something that, that might make me a better person or, you know, help my career or whatnot. Um, and you never know where you might find that in fellow musicians and songwriters and, um, just sometimes getting there, uh, is, is a path you must go down to. It's a hero's journey in a way, like Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. You know, you gotta, you start somewhere and then you end up back home, but you kind of have to go through the slog of, some kind of wild adventure to get back to you know to the place you started and you realize hey you know that was the best idea in the beginning anyway and you know just i've considered all the other options and and i'm I'm back to square one so in the course of doing that sure i overthought the vocal like a thousand times and then i just went back to what was on tape like the first go around and i'm like there's nothing wrong with this let me just use this so uh yeah <laughs> uh i don't know if that answered the question but i'm i'm clearly i'm 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 willing to i'm willing to open up about it how then how then did uh did your cancer diagnosis like impact your hero's journey oh uh yeah okay so i'm a cancer survivor and uh i was diagnosed uh, with hodgkin's lymphoma when i was 21 I was sick at 20, diagnosed at 21. And then basically for five years, from 20 to 25, I was um, misdiagnosed. I was treated with like, you know, really archaic chemotherapy cocktails that just brought my lung functions down to about 5%, like breathing through a mixing straw. Um, eventually, I needed a stem cell transplant, lived in a hospital for a year. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, um, it's, it, you, you grow up quick when you go through an experience like that. And it gives you a perspective that none of your peers really have. Um, because especially when you're going through it, you kind of come to terms with the, you come to terms with dying in a way that is very comfortable at least for me i felt like it was like uh, i was accepting it i was having my 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 parents tried everything to to for me not to go through a stem cell transplant in fact i i was even they they hooked me up with this like rabbi that they knew in in town who actually performed an exorcism on me it's a story best told over like cocktails but like i didn't know where this was going and next thing you know, I was in some basement apartment tied to a chair and I turned over to the guy next to me because this rabbi didn't speak English. I'm like, why are you here? And he says, I'm here to quit smoking. I'm like, do you know why I'm here? And he says, yeah, he says he, that you have demons and he's inside you and he's, he's going to remove them. I'm like, okay, I guess this is where my life's taken me. <laughs> wow. But uh, I, it, that was a wild adventure. But I'm saying like you, you really, you, gra- you grasp at straws to try to do whatever you can to to not face your mortality, especially at that age, and I, I I don't know what my parents were going through, and you know when they were, you know connecting me with witch doctors and whatnot, but I 
um, yeah, it, it for the first few years after all that, I was basically running from a fire, and I was uh, gigging anywhere I could. Every open mic from Boston, Philly, New York, just over and over again in a circuit until I put a band together that eventually became Chester White, and that was like my, you know, that was a darling for me for for quite some time. But uh, yeah, I. I I think it gives me, especially the songs now, like I'm not writing, I don't, everything's a bit esoteric and and there's a sense of like, there's a, a bit of mysticism to the music. And I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just, I don't think they're just convenient love songs. They're, there's something that is a bit like Whiskey and Wine, for example, it, it, it you know, it's, there's a philosophy within the song about like being present in the moment, you know, just uh, because we are, you know, I don't want to like quote my own lyrics, but the, the, the context in which it is, I mean, you basically start at the big bang and then you kind of, you know, move through moments that were lost and then you kind of appreciate that you're here that this is that life is a gift and that you should just celebrate it however you can and in the context of the song it's like pour the whiskey and wine but um in uh and it's not quite unlike um waking up again where you have the themes of being present and then you the uh waking up for me is is also a song that happened very fast and it feels to me like a bit of cosmic dancer and it, and a bit of like across the universe. And it's got like all those little touch points of, of like Buddhism and, and also just existential crisis, <laughs> like kind of mixed together. But I, um, yeah, I just don't feel like even in the, in the context of a love song, they're not like convenient, like, you know, boy means girl, you know, Tommy used to work at the docks. I mean, that's, that's fine. I like a story, but I'm there. These aren't that. And I think that my experience has kind of led me to kind of put, um, you know, to swim in the waters of the, of the maybe mystical and like what's beyond the body and, and what happens after we die and before we're born. And these are kind of the places that I, these some for whatever reason lyrically it's a it's a thread that keeps coming back and i i don't think i could really write that with with uh without having lived it like it's fucked up like when you're going through when you're being misdiagnosed and your body's just like getting eaten by cancer like your body transitions into strange places like out of body experiences and and um which sounds so surreal to say, but it was very real for me at the time. And, um, you know, just so much pain and so much, you know, isolation because even your friends don't want to go near you. The people you thought with your, you were your friends kind of, uh, are afraid to confront their own mortality by being around somebody that's sick. They don't know how to. And, and then when you're through that fire, they don't even know how to, be your friend anymore because there's such a divide in 
you know, your growth as a person, like you've been through this life altering experience and they're still thinking with their dick and that's fine, but it's, it's, it's a hard place to kind of meet in the middle. So yeah, I was running from a fire and I didn't even want to, I didn't want people to define me by that experience until like recently did I really embrace that, you know, that I had that because I think it is special and I should have earlier. I just didn't want to lean on it. I didn't want people to feel bad for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm actually a cancer survivor myself. I mean, not even close to the level that you had, but, uh, but yeah, I get it. So, I mean, it's like what you say, you know, absolutely rings true. Yeah. What, what kind of cancer did you have? Uh, melanoma. It was, uh, it was in my twenties and it was caught early. So, I mean, it wasn't, uh, it good. wound up being a, not a big deal, but my father had actually died uh, from the same kind of cancer at the same age when, so, you know, sorry. It, those kind of things all, you know, they come yeah. together in those ways and it's just like, Oh <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. It's, it's like, we are, you know, my, if you go to my Facebook profile, like my personal Facebook pro profile, you'll, you'll see that I've got like the pale blue dot, the, the Voyager image of the earth from like the outer reaches of the solar system. And to think that we're just like, all of our problems are just, we're floating on a, like a speck of dust in a beam of light. It's just the perspective of all the bullshit and all the, you know, on our, on our complete like existential crisis and whatnot. And, we we think that we're so you know unique and separate and disparate and but we're all just connected and we're all on this you know we're all in this you know this living being together this you know and and i i find that um i that connectivity that uh Sure, I'm chasing truth with with these songs um, because I feel like it. It, I, I feel like I owe that to the records, um, wherever they come from, and 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 I'm grateful for whoever might listen to the music. And, um, but there's a certain philosophy, and I and I and I've talked about this with Dana, like an Alan Watts philosophy, that even in these songs like Whiskey and Wine where it if life is like a song the purpose is not to get to the end not to get to the end the fastest or or it's just to dance through it you know just to to just to express every piece of that song as fully as you can and not to try to get to the end not it's not a race so and here's a, a line that he has about in one of his lectures about like, you don't say that in apple tree apples, just as you don't say the earth peoples. I mean, we are of the earth. Um, so, I mean, you might also argue that maybe that there are fucking alien DNA like within us, which could be fun. I mean, I love going down that rabbit hole and uh, you know, and in a biblical sense, I would love to have that conversation, but I know that's not this show. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm open to it. So I think you can see that I'm I've got an open mind towards um just existence and in where we live and in the place we live and the space and time in which we live, whether it's using the cut up method or or whether it's trying to explore 
the the places in between this physical life that we're experiencing now together in song so i mean i don't i don't want to overthink or 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 try to i don't think that there's that makes these songs any more important or less important than anything else but this is the truth i'm living at the moment with this band and um you know i think that the performance is one aspect of it the, the lyrical content it paints a certain picture um but there's a reason why punk music works so well it's because it's just fucking energy you know it's raw energy and it's imperfect but it's everything you want you know it's all the emotion that you want at that and in in two minutes um i love that i love that the intention behind what the artist is doing you know that for me trumps the the, the lyrics um and for that reason why I, I haven't been like i try not to overthink too much of i mean sure you want a story if you're going to tell one you should have a story but i i don't want to overthink it like songs like get lost for me there's there's really nothing to it writing a song that simple was so fun because there was you know I, I, there was no it wasn't too deep and I wasn't trying to write something deep. It was just something that was fun to, you know, to jam out to. And, um, yeah, I forgot what the question was. I think we were talking about cancer. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, well you, I mean, we could, we can talk about the music no. videos because, because especially the, the one for Get Lost. Now that is quite, quite the music video. Oh, yeah. A lot thanks. of animals in your music videos. <laughs> a lot of animals. Yeah. 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 That's a fun, that's my dog Daisy. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, I love making videos. I do. I love producing them. In fact, Get Lost, I'm, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Whiskey and Wine has been in production for about seven months. Um, wow. My my uh, dear friend, Roatosh Rao, who is uh, an animator and a director, he's worked with everybody from like uh, Oingo Boingo to Poison. Um, and he was creative director at the Cartoon Network. He And he worked, uh, we had done some videos before, but this one is very much like a Tim Burton stop motion animation video and uh he's been working on it for seven months and um it's finally going to come out on friday and uh oh man it's there are no animals it's just like it's, it's all like <laughs> in a, a graveyard basically but it's like so cool very i would say tim burton would be proud of where this is going but yeah get get lost like i i was in a hurry to, to get a video together um I put feelers out to people, but nothing was really like catching fire. And um, as I do with so many things, I'm just like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And I got a green screen and um, I just licensed some footage and I shot some footage and I just put my dog in front of it. And I just <laughs> thought that would be cute for her to objectively not give a fuck about the song. And, <laughs> and just to have like some weird, like, you know, uh references popping off behind her spaceships and whatnot and it's just well i i love that your dog's name is daisy because i i had a dog i adopted her and her name when i adopted her was late was daisy and uh, i changed her name to princess leia and nice. uh and then my niece got a dog 
couple years ago, named it Daisy. And that dog came and stayed with me for about eight months while she uh, she wasn't allowed to have a dog where she was living. So, I mean, it's just a, I don't know, something about that name with the dog. It's just perfect. It just yeah. keeps on kind of popping around, you know? It's cute. She's adorable. I, I hope you can meet her one day. She'll, she likes <laughs> oh, to I make so out. <laughs> <laughs> An interactive petter, is she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is. Yeah. If, uh, I would uh I would bring her down to the studio, but she's uh she she'd probably start eating some cables. <laughs> she's, she's very curious. Awesome. And then of course you got the other video up. Before we let you go, you've got the other video, of course, for Don't Panic, which is which is very um, you know, through the eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't panic. Um so I was recently in cat uh, there too. Yep. Yes, there's a cat. I didn't I didn't uh um other than the image of the eye, I didn't have much influence on that video. I kind of let my my buddy Adam Reeves, who is a brilliant creative director, uh, and he directed that video, just let him and his team just run with it. Um, uh, I was grateful that he wanted to to take a stab. He and I were in uh, in Cannes for uh, uh, in June for like an advertising awards thing, and uh, as soon as I got off the plane, like everyone was microdosing mushrooms, so he and I are sitting at this cafe high on mushrooms. And I'm like, I got this song coming out. Let me play it for you. And I just played a little bit. And he's like, let me make the video for you. He goes, what are you thinking? And I'm like, well, I, 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 well, the album artwork is an eye. And I showed it to me. He goes, I got it. I got the whole thing. So three weeks later, the video is done. And that was basically how that happened. It was just kind of a wild, um, I mean, it, in essence, I mean, there's plenty to panic. There's, there's plenty of footage to panic from in that video. Um, plus, I'm a huge geek when it comes to like Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So even using those words, don't panic, is kind of like a like a little yeah. Easter egg for me. Yeah, um, I can't help I, I think hope you into that too. Yes, I hope uh, you had your towel around for the, for yeah, that. Uh, of course, yeah. of course. I suck on my towel for nutrients when, I, <laughs> when there's nothing else. Yes, and then, and then and then you know avoid the Vogon poetry when you're when you're songwriting. So yeah, <laughs> we can go on all day. Oh, I know it. I know oh, pretty it. much. Yeah. <laughs> I lo I love that. I love that 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 book changed my life. And I mean. Uh, and if you haven't, the BBC audio play that they they have the twelve part series, oh, that that was like when I was in these touring bands uh, uh, back in the day, we would just listen to those CDs like all the time. It was just like a blanket, like a safe place. You know, oh, I know. Just lean on Hitchhiker's Guide. What a, what a great story! It it is such an amazing thing. Yes, I've got the book. I've got the radio stuff behind mm -hmm. me. It's just it's all it's all you know. It's got to be hitchhikers, right? <laughs> yeah, and and it's, I mean like the science behind all the parody and the and the and the the clever writing. I mean, it just just uh, the science fiction of it is brilliant. I mean, like everyone's using the Babelfish now. I mean, like mm -hmm. the like that literally exists in the palm of our hand where we can. Uh, and it's and that technology is only getting better where you know language is not going to be a barrier for much longer I never solved the babelfish puzzle in the video game in the <laughs> oh in the uh, the, the old one yes <laughs> yeah uh, 
I I didn't play the video game. Now I need to really need to oh, see what it's, I'm missing. It's, it's a, um, you can find it online now. People have added art to it. It was just a a DOS like uh, text only game. Yeah, the text mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, interface like that, and and but now you can find like people have added art to it and everything, and, and play it online, and it's a blast. It's it's just they captured it perfectly. You know, for the case of the Babelfish as to why God exists, and I remember this quote because it was so catching. It was like, I refuse to prove that I exist, says God, for proof denies faith, and without faith I am nothing. <laughs> and then there was the, the converse of that, which contradicted that saying. This is all in the course of why the Babelfish existed. Anyway, I feel like... We could all hang out now that we've got this in common. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we have a lot in common. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that we yeah. have no problem hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Donnie, I mean, it's been wonderful talking to you. And we do want to give you the chance uh, before we let you go to uh, to tell everybody how they can keep up with you, how they can keep up with Mirrors on the Moon. When Whiskey and Wine comes out, just plug it. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, MirrorsOnTheMoon.com um at mirrors on the moon on instagram or facebook um and youtube if you wanted to find it um and uh yeah the the ep drops everywhere on october 6th so this coming friday um i don't know when this gets released but uh just uh yeah spotify mirrors on the moon there's another mirrors on the moon which really bothers me because mm. i i don't know where this guy comes from he's got like one monthly listen and somehow somehow this keeps coming up like i own all the socials for this band for this but for whatever reason this guy keeps just encroaching into my you know algorithms or like when i'm trying to you know, claim certain things for, you know, especially Apple. Apple gives me such a hard time. It's just, uh, yeah. So there's a just the one that has the monthly listens and the songs. Please go to that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm grateful for you guys. And, and thank you for, uh, you know, supporting independent music and uh, for taking time to listen to Whiskey and Wine and, and, the other singles as well appreciate you guys well i like to say i mean i love it and and I've, I've listened to it like five or six times already so uh so i look forward to listening to it some more oh thank you guys but yes we wish really you really good stuff. thank you sir yes we wish you nothing but the best in the future and i know that we'll talk again yes awesome i look forward to it awesome well, thanks a lot donnie all right take care guys yep you too thank you all right bye, bye now Listen more, I should.